This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? I had no idea. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Off to the races, and he stays on his feet. This is going to go the distance. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. You know, I thought maybe... I was a little too low. Maybe Jamie and I were a little too low on Jonathan Taylor when we did our bonus podcast yesterday. Then I saw Heath's tweet. I think it was RB28. Is that right, Heath? That's 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 what I said. Yeah. Oh, you're you're high. <laughs> Where are you, Jamie? 32. Woo! My goodness. It just keeps getting lower. Uh, all right, so we'll talk a little bit more about Jonathan Taylor here as we've had some time to reflect. I have some emails about Jonathan Taylor. Fantasy football at CBSI.com. I have a mailbag episode for you. We'll, we'll record it on Friday afternoon. We'll air it on Saturday on the podcast feed. But YouTube, youtube.com slash fantasy football today. That'll be on Friday afternoon. Uh, news and notes today and position preview review. We're going to give you the latest on ADP, so the latest trends at each position, maybe a strategy some best values, and a sleeper and a breakout and a bust. So if you missed everything or you just want an update, you're just tuning in now, uh, we will help you out and, and just get you ready for a busy, busy weekend of drafting. But let's just start with who to pick up for the Colts and when to draft or how to rank Jonathan Taylor. Uh, Heath, you had him 28th. I didn't realize you'd actually be higher on him than Jamie. Uh, and what do you think? Give me your overall thoughts here. Uh, yeah, round eight. Um, it's kind of where I'm thinking if you want to wait until round nine or if you just don't want to draft him, I understand that as well. I think like there is a risk at this point that Jonathan Taylor just doesn't want to play football this year. Um, there's a risk at this point that he comes back and plays one game and then hurts something else and he's done. So I, I think you have to draft him with no floor expectations, but there's also the possibility that he sits out four games and shows up week five and is Jonathan Taylor the rest of the season. And that's probably worth like a, a fourth round pick or a third round pick, maybe. So like it's it's not anything where there's any certainty, but it's just you're trying to weigh the upside with the risk. And right now, after what's happened in the last 24 hours, the risk feels more real. I did a draft last night, Adam, where he went 82nd overall. This was a PPR draft, uh, two, two running backs, two receivers, and a flex. And I, I had the first pick, so it was on an end. So when it got past round seven, I said, if he comes back, I'm going to take him. There's, there's, no, there's no reason to avoid him at this point. And he went on the other end. So, um, Okay. Okay. So give me the running backs that you're taking ahead of him, the three or, the three or four that are right in front of Jonathan Taylor. Probably the, the, the most glaring for me was when I, when I started to you know, weigh, okay, this guy versus Taylor, that guy versus Taylor. I have both commanders running backs wow. ahead of Jonathan Taylor. 
And I, I think that's what, like what where I drew the line was that I'm not going to draft the commanders running backs ahead of Jonathan Taylor. I've gotten just ahead, but like the guys, it, it is like a collection of the guys I've called busts. Um, I think Brees Hall and Ken Walker are the two guys that I have directly in front of Jonathan Taylor. So yesterday we did a show on CBS Sports Network. It was a lot of fun. We're going to do another one on Friday at 10.30 a.m. Eastern. Please be there. And we did a defend your team uh, segment here where we each look, looked at our podcast league teams, 14-team PPR, and we went head-to-head. And I think it was me versus Heath in the first round. Uh, and Heath, you gave yourself the win because you had Jonathan Taylor, and you said pretty soon he's going to be a first-round pick. Right. Can, can you give me the win? Can I get the win in that league now? Here's the thing I think you don't understand about the way that game worked is that we didn't give ourselves the win. We had to sell to the judges. I sold to the judges. The judges decided. I can't okay. take it away and give you the win now. Okay, Jamie, can I have the win now? Because you decided that Heath won yesterday. I, well, I told you why Heath won, because you came – and started the segment very arrogantly about yeah. how great your team was. It's true. And so that was the reason I gave Heath the win. I told you I thought your team was better. Okay, well, fi- fine. I guess, I, I guess I'm being appropriately punished. Let me ask you some Jonathan Taylor questions here. This is a dynasty question from Taco. Dynasty trade. I give Taylor. I get Dobbins. <clears throat> I don't know why I said it like that. Dobbins. I'm a contender, and my running backs are just okay. Mixon, Walker, Charbonnet are the main ones. Do I give up Taylor for Dobbins in Dynasty? I, I wrote about this yesterday, and I'm going to write about it some more later in the week when I get a little more time. But I got a trade-off for like a week and a half ago in the Baked Burger Dynasty League of, of Miles Sanders for Jonathan Taylor um, after a particularly piece of bad news came out. And then I got a message from that guy this morning because Adam added me to the messaging system. Thanks for that. <laughs> um, saying Just kind of wanting to re-up those talks. Yeah, And I think if you're in a Dynasty League as a contender, I'm holding, um, it, at least right now. If we get to a point where people feel like, or like maybe you're three and three and, and you're not quite as contending as you thought, and then you want to trade him. But I would hate to trade Jonathan Taylor away for somebody I don't value as much when he's the guy who would have won me the league in the second half of the season. Okay, uh, this is from Kevin. I have well, I, I just want to go back to that because your, your team in particular in that league is, is built to win now. It is. So why not take the option of solidifying that chance, knowing that that was your strategy going in? Um, because I still have Justin Fields and Aaron Jones and Joe Mixon and Cooper Cup and Travis Kelsey. Like I, I think I'm still going to be winning early in the year, and I think there's a better chance uh, Taylor might help me win a championship in the second half of the year. But so can I, Sanders, I, though. And there's more, there's more safety involved with Sanders. There's a little bit more safety involved with him, yeah. Um, but I, I prefer Taylor in dynasty, so I'm not quite willing to make that deal. Gotcha. All right. This is from Kevin who has Jonathan Taylor PPR league. He'll be starting Dobbins and Swift in week one. Now move Taylor to IR. I can pick up a running back to replace him. My waiver wire has the rest of the Colts backfield, the rest of the Eagles backfield and Roshan Johnson, uh, based on listening to your show, I'm inclined to take Roshan Johnson. Who would you guys take? You're looking at the Colts guys, the Eagles guys, other than Swift, and Rashawn Johnson. I mean, Rashawn Johnson might be the starter for the Bears at some point this season, so that's a no-brainer for me. But um, th- th- look, that's a that's a great scenario to be in, that you have the option of, of Roshan Johnson, the option of Kenneth Gainwell or Rashad Penny, and to see what happens with the, the Colts. So 
Johnson's the easy one. And then just kind of, you know, you know, you can kind of make some, make some moves. I'd, I'd love to know what is on his team that these guys were available still, you know, like that's got to be a very shallow league. Well, the Johnson, yeah, Johnson one maybe, but not the rest of the Colts backfield and the rest of the Eagles backfield. Now let's well, say, I mean, I, I don't know how many drafts we've done and I've done a few 10 team ones where we've seen the, the Eagles backfield and the, the and Roshan Johnson available. Uh, I guess that's true. So what about um, Kareem Hunt? Would you take, would you guys take, cause I did, I took a gamble. I put a $5 bid on Kareem Hunt instead of Deion Jackson or Evan Hall. Um, I got him. So would you, who would you take if you were just trying to get a Colts running back? Would you, and including Kareem Hunt or Fournette or whatever in there. I think at this point you, you should be planning on, and, and Heath kind of spoke to this about his Jonathan Taylor strategy, is who's going to be the guy in week one? Like I, I can't imagine Kareem Hunt, if he signs right now, is starting week one. It feels like Deion Jackson starting week one. I because feel, I feel like he splits with Hull. Well, I think and I think whoever is, is is on the roster is splitting. I don't think anybody's walking in. Kareem Hunt, Leonard Fournette, the guys they have, Zach Moss back from his broken arm. You know, I don't think anybody's getting a hundred percent of the touches. Um, so yeah, so you know, if if you feel like it, if if it's a split with Evan Hull, then just go get Evan Hull because he's probably going to be the one playing on passing downs. Not that that's going to matter. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I mean, Jackson was Jackson had two games with eight or more catches last year. I don't feel confident that they're going to have a passing downs guy. I think they're just going to mix them in there, both of them, based on based on what I saw in the preseason. Anyway, I, I don't feel confident that Anthony Richardson, with a coach who had a twelve percent running back target rate last year, is going to throw the ball to the running backs at all. Right. Well, I don't feel confident that these guys are going to be any good for fantasy. So that's why I feel like Hunt maybe could be a little better, but I, obviously it's not a great situation. Here. Well, I, I think if you're if you're playing the long long game, then Kareem Hunt is the is the flyer. If you're looking at it, who's on the roster right now? I would probably go Zach Moss to be honest with you. Okay, Heath, how about you? Pick your Colts running back. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've got Moss ranked the highest. None of them are going to be ranked inside the the first like 12 rounds for me. Okay. And last question here real quick, Heath, just for you. Um, I got offered Javante Williams and a second round rookie pick for Jonathan Taylor in Dynasty. PPR. I, I'd still rather have Taylor. All right. Big night tonight. Draft-a-thon night. Yeah. 4 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Can I go six straight hours without taking a break? That is going to be difficult. Uh, no commercials. 4 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Join us at youtube.com slash football today. So why should you join us? We are going to have so much fun. We've got amazing graphics that we've created, games to play. We have an immaculate grid that we have created just for this event um, and more. Uh, I don't even want to give them away. But there'll be movie talk. There'll be food talk. There'll be a ton of fantasy football talk. We're going to be playing Fantasy Feud against the Front Yard Fantasy Crew. That's at 4.40 p.m. Eastern. We're going to be playing Fantasy Jeopardy. We're going to be playing a game with Pete Prisco tonight, Name That Colleague, where we're going to give him clues about Jamie, uh, Nick Costos, and Will Brinson, who will all be on the show. And we'll see if, if Pete can guess correctly who that clue or that fact belongs to. Uh, Nando's going to be on for two hours. That's going to be weird and probably involve references to human anatomy that we probably shouldn't be saying. Um, it's just going to be so much fun. And it's going to be really helpful. We'll be doing a mock draft. Now, you as a listener, what do you get out of it? You get a bunch of fantasy advice. You get to be part of the draft because there are going to be two audience teams in this draft. So you get to vote 
on picks. We'll do YouTube polls, and, and you can make the picks with us. If you want us to grade your team, grade one of your drafts, you can donate to St. Jude, and we will grade your team on the air. And all of this is obviously more important than fantasy advice, more important than name that colleague, more important than human anatomy. It's all about raising as much money as we can for St. Jude. So that's why you should be a part of this draftathon, 4 to 10 p.m. Eastern. We have raised around 100K. We want to just crush that number. We want to keep establishing a new record. And it's really amazing. It all goes to St. Jude. So if you're watching now, if you're watching at all, youtube.com slash fantasy football today, you can donate right now on this podcast. Hit that donate button and join us for the draftathon at that same URL and just donate throughout the night. All right, news and notes. Other than Taylor being on the pup list, Jerry Judy will not go on short-term IR. Uh, I asked this to Jamie yesterday. I'll ask you, Heath. Who would you draft first, Jonathan Taylor or Jerry Judy? Ooh, that's a good question because I think I have both of those guys in round eight. Um, would probably just depend on roster construction. Okay. Uh, would you draft Jerry Judy or George Pickens, guys? Pickens. Yeah, it, it's Pickens, although I'm, I don't really love it. Okay. Joe Burrow is still not practicing. Is anybody worried about his week one availability? No. Okay. A little. Okay. Right. Yeah. Uh, DJ Chark is optimistic about playing in week one. Terrace Marshall returned to practice for the Panthers as well. He missed about two weeks with a back injury. Who should the first Panthers wide receiver off the board be? Thielen. Yeah, it's, I, I need to update that. It's Thielen again. I've been bouncing all over the place, and none of them should be taken in the first 10 rounds, but Thielen. Right. Which receiving core is better by the end of the season? Receivers only. Panthers or Texans? Ooh. Yeah. I'm going to say Tech. Panthers. I think the Panthers are better right now. Um, so I, I, I'm hopeful the Texans play their young guys and those young guys improve, but I'd probably lean Panthers. I would lean Texans, but it's it's uh, no, 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 no strong lean there. Yeah, if you have Alvin Kamara, if you have Jonathan Taylor, and you have Adam Thielen on your team. If you have Jerry Judy, I have a lead with Jerry Judy. I might be starting Adam Thielen in week one. They're facing the Falcons. Falcons have one really good cornerback, uh, a little uncertain other than that. They were 22nd against wide receivers last year. Thielen might not be the worst week one play if you need someone, right? Well, I mean, they upgraded their secondary pretty significantly. So That's right. They did bring in uh, Jesse Bates. And, and Okuda, right? Okuda, yeah. But he got hurt. did he get hurt? Is he the one that got? Isn't he hurt right now? And they didn't know about his availability. Not sure. But there's a reason they got Jeff Okuda for like a seventh round pick. Yeah, he's he's um, he's not going to play week one. It seems they're optimistic about an early season return for Jeff Okuda. Gotcha. Um, okay, uh, Dalvin Cook returned to practice and says he'll be ready for week one. There is optimism that Kadarius Tony will be ready for week one, according to James Palmer of NFL Network. Who should the first Chiefs receiver off the board be? Skymore. Still Skymore. Who should the second one be? Tony. Tony. That's the way it's always been, though. For you, but not for a lot of people. It was Tony who, first. Who was taking anybody ahead of Tony? Oh, you mean after the injury? Those have always been the top two is what we're saying. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Well, all right, fine. I'm just asking. You could, it's okay. You could ask things. No, no, like, no. I mean, well, you, 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 
made it seem like I'm the only one doing that. <laughs> I No, no, I'm sorry. What I meant was before the Tony injury, you were the only one that I knew that had Sky Moore ahead of Tony. But it was always one, two. More or Tony, you know, more and Tony one two. Yes, it wasn't. It wasn't uh, take Richie James over Tony at this point. No, no. Um, okay, let's see. Uh, elsewhere, the Dallas Cowboys waived running back Malik Davis. Would you draft any other Cowboys running back other than Pollard? Yeah, who you could take a flyer on Deuce Vaughn or Rico Dowdle. Which one? Am I taking a Deuce or am I going Rico? <laughs> take the. Deuce. I'm going Deuce first, but. They're both fine in the same as the range, like same range as the Colts. All right. Eagles Always acqu- take the deuce. Uh, yeah. Eagles acquired Alberto from De- You think I should do that before draft a thought? All right. Eagles acquired Alberto from Denver. Uh, Kansas City acquired defensive tackle Neil Farrell from the Raiders for a six round pick. And Chris Jones is still holding out. So that's going to make that matchup for the Lions certainly in week one a lot easier if Chris Jones isn't there. He could be out for a while. Chris Jones, if you don't know, defensive tackle for the Chiefs, just a terrific player. Whatever the over-under is, take the over. Yeah. 59. Whoa. Okay. 59. I don't, I don't know about that then. <laughs> uh, the Patriots wave Bailey Zappi and Ty Montgomery. The start of the week. <laughs> the, all right, John, what do you think about Wandale Robinson off the pup list? Does he matter? Yes. Mattered, mattered Jameson Crowder. He, he got cut. Yeah, I think it matters to Paris, Paris Campbell's long-term appeal. It matters to Daniel Jones getting another weapon on the field. It matters to me in a couple of leagues where I was hoping to stash him on the public. <laughs> right. <laughs> Adam, you're the Giants insider. Yeah, that's me. Give us the, 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 the Giants target share. Well, I'll just tell you, week one is Waller at tight end. Slayton, Hodgins on the outside, Campbell on the inside, and we will see. They will get Jalen Hyatt on the field. Um, I I don't know. Maybe he plays. How 10, many wide receivers? Snaps? How many wide receivers see more targets per game than Saquon Barkley? Mm. One or zero, I would say. I could yeah. really see a situation well, where four guys have between eighty and hundred targets. Does that seem? I think that's almost exactly what I have projected, but it's it's bad. That's bad news for Darren Waller if that's the case. I don't know if he gets a, if he leads the team with a hundred targets. You don't think he'd be tight end five? I don't know. He's getting more than a hundred targets. Okay, I hope. Hey, that's pretty good for a tight end. That's that's a that's a decent amount. What is that per game? Six. Seven? Almost six. Just under six. All right, then we need a little more than that. He needs 110. All right, uh, there were some other defensive notes. The uh, This is actually a pretty big one. Um, cornerback Emmanuel Mosley is off the pup list for the Lions. Really good player for the 49ers, but coming off a torn ACL. Hopefully he can play week one for them. And Buffalo edge rusher Von Miller is going to start the season on the pup list. They're, they did sign Leonard Floyd, which is great. They just traded Boogie Basham, but the Bills pass rush was worlds better with Von Miller last year. They were one of the better pass rushing teams just in terms of uh, pressure rate with Miller. And they were pretty, I don't know if I want to say bad, but not good at all when Miller tore his ACL. So uh, I can't wait for that week one Monday night game. Jets hosting the Bills. There are so many storylines. And uh, yeah, that it's going to be just so interesting to see how that plays out. We'll take a break. When we come back, position preview review. <sighs> Position preview review. I knew I'd mess that up after this. 
Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast physician preview review say it 10 times fast or just three times fast all of the adp that i'm giving is 12 team ppr leagues using both fantasy pros and cbs to kind of give a, a, a clearer picture here so let's start with quarterback. Here's what ADP says right now at quarterback. Three quarterbacks in the top 24 for the first time in nine seasons. Lamar Jackson in round three and possibly Joe Burrow too. Justin Fields and Justin Herbert. This just in. <laughs> in round four. And Trevor Lawrence in round five. So that is eight quarterbacks in the first five rounds. Three of them in the top 24 and then Jackson and Burrow in round three. That's And then Herbert and Fields in round four. And then Lawrence in round five. All right, so the big question is, is this the year to draft a quarterback early? Jamie. In the second round and the back end of the second round, yes, that's the earliest you should take a quarterback. I would not take a quarterback in round one in a one-quarterback league and even in the early portion of round two. So when you get closer to the swing, the round two-three swing, that's when you should start looking at quarterbacks. Yeah, I mean, it just... I agree with Jamie. I think if you look at ADP, like especially amongst th those guys going in the first five rounds, Justin Fields is the only one that I'm going to draft it as ADP. He's the one guy who's not been pushed up by, and we always see this. Like every year, we get the closer we get to all, all these home leagues drafting, the more we see ADP pushed up even more. And that's that's not that new. The difference is that we're closer on the top three guys, but none of us are taking Burrow or Jackson in round three. 
I don't think any of us are taking, besides Adam in the podcast league draft, are taking Trevor Lawrence in round five. Hey, hey, 14-team um, league. <laughs> <laughs> you kept saying that, but then it was the first pick of the round. I'm pretty sure that the first pick of round five in a 14-team yeah. league is still round five in a 12-team Well, league. I knew, obviously, I wasn't going to get Trevor Lawrence 28 picks later. So but, I, this is what I would say. And, and actually, I, I talked about the defend your team segment here. So when it was, I think it was me versus Dave a couple of days ago on a different defend your team segment. You gave, Heath, you gave Dave the edge uh, against me because I had Watson and he had Justin Herbert. And you just said that there was such a big difference in the quarterback. And I also thought Dave had a better team than me uh, in that particular league. Uh, such a difference at quarterback here. And I just feel when I have one of those top eight guys, I feel better about my team. Now, with that said, done this long enough to know that the teams that I love the most are not always the most successful, the ones I love the most on draft day. Some of the teams that I hate, I, I hate this team, I, I really don't like it, could end up being some of my best. So I know that. But I do, guys, feel it is important to have... I really want one of those top eight guys. Um, so I don't really think... I don't think it's a reach, personally, but I, I understand you do. But Not do you, in that league, no. Not in that league. I, I mean, the, the, the question is... And, and again, this is why when, when drafts are happening, and, and clearly it's reflected in the ADP, but you have to... You know, like he said, it depends on what your build is. When he's talking about Judy versus Taylor. You know, so for you, knowing that you were on the, on the end, you weren't getting Trevor Lawrence, and that's what's going to make your you feel better about your team, which I agree with, you know, you, you want to take the player that's going to, you know, feel like you're going to, you know, give you the best chance to win. Um, you didn't make a bad pick there, you know, even though it, it may feel like you're just getting him at cost. But how important like is it to you, Jamie, to have a top eight quarterback? It's important, but I'm not going to reach for it. You know, I mean, I did a salary cap draft yesterday and my two quarterbacks are two and Kirk Cousins and I'm thrilled with that, you know? So I, I, I think really where people may get in trouble this season is if you don't have somebody that you feel has upside. Like, I believe Tua has upside. I believe Richardson has upside. I'm still okay with Watson and Prescott. So when you get past those guys, like, does Kirk Cousins going to win me a league? He certainly can, but does he kind of cap out at 22 points again, you know, which is what he's been to the last three years? Or does he get to that 25-point mark? You know, so does Geno Smith, you know, just have another good season and he's at 20 points per game? Jared Goff, good season, 20 points per game. You know, so those top eight guys – and again, Tua and Richardson, I think, you know, in, in this conversation belong there. But those top eight guys feel like they're going to be top eight guys if they stay healthy. Like, you can't, you can't see or hear anything coming out of Jacksonville that says Trevor Lawrence is not going to take a huge step forward. That Justin yeah. Fields with DJ Moore is going to be better. That, you know, keep going up the ladder. You know, all those guys are just safe and, and have immense upside. Now, again, I'm probably talking out of both sides of my mouth here. So why won't you take those guys in the first round? You know, Mahomes or Hurts or, or Allen. Because, again, now there's eight. That, that feel like they could be good. Mahomes, Hurts, Mahomes, Allen, and Hurts have 30-point potential, but I think these other guys have 25-plus point potential, and that's why you're getting them a little bit later. You should be getting them a little bit later. Well, it's also who else is on the board, right? So look at the players that went just after I took Trevor Lawrence, which I think was 57th overall. Um, and by the way, there was no doubt. I, I was three picks in front of you. I had the fourth pick. You had the first, but there was no doubt you're taking Joe Burrow if I pass on. Right, you took Joe Burrow uh, three, four picks before I took Trevor Lawrence, and absolutely I would have taken Burrow. So who went after that? Rashad White, James Conner, Deontay Johnson, Christian Kirk, Chris Godwin, Marquise Brown, Tyler Lockett, Javante Williams, and then Tua went like five picks after that. So maybe you could say some of them, maybe you like some of them better than Trevor Lawrence. I doubt you like all of them better than Trevor Lawrence. So I don't want to make this about my team, but the point but is... But it's, it's also, again, where you were picking and what your team needs were. Yeah, but the, the point is... 
when you you have to kind of evaluate quarterback compared to the other positions. If you just don't like the running backs there, then hey, if you've got this guy that you think could be great, whether it's a quarterback, whether it's a tight end, you know, go for it. But all right, so Heath, um, what do you do if you don't get a top eight quarterback? Uh, what I did in the podcast league, I drafted Anthony Richardson and uh, and uh, one of Cousins, Geno, Daniel Jones, one of those guys to go with him. All right, what's the who do you think Heath has the best value based on average draft position? Well, that is actually Anthony Richardson because he is going in round ten, and I've, I've got him ranked in round eight, and I think one in that draft I actually reached to round seven. So, yeah, it's it's um, it's Richardson because it's so easy to put a floor QB with him, and then you're looking at basically having Justin Herbert or Trevor Lawrence, in my opinion, because you've got their floor and you've got their upside. You might even have more upside and not spending as much draft capital. Jamie, who's the best value in ADP? I agree with Heath. It's not really close, you know, based on where you're getting Richardson for what the upside can be. But, you know, I mean, we've, we've seen this now for the last several weeks and, and really since the NFL draft, like we're higher on Anthony Richardson. So, you know, if you're if you're an anti-Richardson guy, and I know, Adam, you sort of lean that way. I don't think you're fully that way, but you lean that way, that you're going to avoid him, which is why he's being drafted where he's drafted. Plus, you know, it's – I think, again, once you get past those eight guys, it's upside versus floor, you know, ceiling versus floor. Like, two of ceiling is, is fantastic, but you have the health concerns. Richardson's ceiling is fantastic, but you have the experience and the, you know, con- concerns about him, him as a passer. But, you know, Rodgers is going to be good. Cousins is going to be good. Gino's going to be good. You know, these these are guys going in a similar range, and it's just a matter of do they have those same ability to get to that upside? And I don't think they do. Okay, I think if you're looking just our ADP, I mean, Gino Smith is going. He's like QB sixteen or something. Tua is seventeen. QB thirteen, I think. Yeah, some really good values. Like Cousins, Aaron Rodgers are going a little don't, earlier. Don't say all the potential sleeper names. Oh, I'm sorry. One sleeper, one breakout, one bust. Heath, <laughs> one sleeper, one breakout, one bust. <laughs> my sleeper is Geno Smith. That's why I said that. Uh, my breakout's Justin Fields, and my bust is Deshaun Watson. Jamie, sleeper, breakout, bust. I'll go a little deeper in sleeper. Uh, not that I don't agree with Heath. I think that's uh, amazing, um, the value for Gino. But Kenny Pickett has just looked fantastic. And, you know, you can get him for free on draft day. Uh, I'm still going to put Richardson in the breakout category, so I'm going to put him as a breakout. And who would you say was a bust, Heath? Um, I said Deshaun Watson. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go back to what I've kept, kept saying for the last several weeks as the ADP doesn't change is Patrick Mahomes. I just do not want to draft him in the first round. And you'd be comfortable drafting Mahomes when? I took him last night. First draft I've actually taken Mahomes. I had the first overall pick. He was there at 24 and 25, and I took him. Okay. You should have taken him first overall just to see just to see if you liked it. All right, running backs. <laughs> By the way, I haven't said this. i got to compliment Jamie. I love your new setup, your new background. I mean, it's pretty it's similar to the last one. It's not much different than the old background. It's better. I love the footballs with the initials. I guess you just, know what those are, right? I know what those are, yeah. I My love yeah, those are your kids' initials. It's terrific. You got it. You've got it going on back there. Thank you. Running back. What does ADP say? This is maybe the biggest storyline of fantasy drafts. ADP says there are maybe eight running backs going in the first two rounds. There's usually maybe double that, fourteen to fifteen or something like that. It, it's really crazy. There might be none going in the back half of the second round unless Josh Jacobs ends up there. Uh, but ADP, you know, has Josh Jacobs kind of earlier than that, actually. Taylor 
is not going to be a second round pick at this point, obviously. So that he's there in ADP, but it's really crazy how running backs are falling to the third round and, and beyond now. So with that said, Heath is, um, is this the year to take advantage of the mid round running backs? And, and if so, which ones do you like? Well, I, I define mid round. Are you talking round three and later? I would say at the earliest mid round would be mid round four to me, maybe round five, maybe like the round four to seven, four to eight range. Well, I'll just go ahead and answer the question. I know you're going to ask next because like my favorite value is one of those mid range running backs and it's Miles Sanders at the end of round five is RB 22. I think Alexander Madison's going in that same range. I like him quite a bit. Um, so yes, to answer your first question, I do think the mid round running back conversation has changed because of what you said, there's only eight running backs going in the first two rounds. So there are better running backs falling into the mid rounds. It is a great time to do that. At the same time, I don't have any problem. If you are in one of those leagues, like you draft Christian McCaffrey second or third overall, and one of these guys who would normally be a borderline first round pick like Derrick Henry or Josh Jacobs is there at the end of round two. I'm okay starting running back, running back as well. Jamie, what are your thoughts? Well, I think if, you know, based on what Heath said, you know, it, it, it's a little easier to do it that way because you know, you're going to get one of, or have a chance at one of Devonte Smith, T Higgins, Chris Olave, and I'll put Calvin Ridley in that group too. You know, so one of those guys, and that makes it a little bit more comforting knowing that you're getting still a borderline top 10 guy, certainly a top 12 guy, and two of those running backs. So it's easier to do it when you're doing it in the beginning of the first round. If you're at the back end of the first round and you say, and let's say you go Pollard and Jacobs or Pollard and Chubb or one of those combinations, and then you come back to the end of round three, and now you're looking at, and not that these are bad players, it's just you might be reaching a little bit, but you know, Debo Samuel and Christian Watson and DJ Moore and you know, guys that are a little bit safer in the fourth round. And that's your number one receiver. It's not the most comforting thing, especially in PPR, but you are getting a a significant edge at at running back. But I agree with Heath. I think those running backs in, you know, rounds four through six, you know, obviously I love J.K. Dobbins. That's where he goes. Um, You're looking at, you know, still guys like, and and I'm going a little bit further here, but like Rashad White, James Cook, you know, still David Montgomery because he's going to, you know, have an opportunity to play in a very good offense. Cam Akers, you know, again, guys are going to get a lot of work. Um, this is where Javante Williams would go. In my opinion, this is where Brees Hall should go. Yeah. You know, so Alvin Kamara, you know, it's a, it's a really good group. Jonathan you know? Taylor. Uh, I, I mean, for me, Taylor's behind it, but yeah, you know, if you want to take a chance on somebody that if he does hit, clearly it's going to be a league winning type of player. So, you know, these guys are, are, are very intriguing. The, the question I think that a lot of people have to ask themselves is when you are at the back end of round two and you did take a wide receiver. So you took Jefferson or chase, or maybe, you know, it was even a little bit, you know, closer to the middle of the first round and it's, it's Tyree kill or, you know, Cooper cup. Do you reach for a running back in round two? Let's just say it's not Jacobs or, or Henry. Those guys go and those receivers get pushed down. So now you're staring at Amon Ross St. Brown or Garrett Wilson or, you know, Devontae Adams. And you know that the running back pool is going to drive quickly. Do you reach for a Mixon or Gibbs or Stevenson or ETN? I would still say no, but I think that's something that people might start to panic about a little bit, knowing that, okay, it's going to get pretty ugly pretty soon if you don't love that Sanders, Dobbins, Connor, you know, group. Um, yeah, but I would say that based on what we said about the mid round running backs, that you should not reach for a running back. If you feel like the wide receiver is definitively better. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, I, I wouldn't, but you know, somebody listening to this may say, Oh my God, I don't want to trust 27, 28 year old James Conner. I don't really love miles Sanders. I don't, you know, Jamie's crazy about Dobbins. That's nuts. You know, so sure. why would I want to trust those guys when I can get who everybody for the majority of the off season was saying Ramondre Stevenson breakout or Joe Mixon 
top seven every year. You know, why not take those guys when I, when they're available to me as opposed to do I wait to see if they follow me in round three, which in some cases they may not. We all pretty much like the hero RB strategy, right? One running back in, say, the first two rounds. And and not, not to say that we're – I'm not saying that we, it's our favorite and that's the only thing we do. But if you go that route, we like hero RB builds typically, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I'll, I'll go back to the draft I did last night. You know, I went Jefferson, Mahomes – and Olave with my first three picks. And then it came back to me at the four or five turn. Guess which running back I took um, along with Christian Watson. <laughs> that you know? would be Dobbins, so, right? Dobbins. You know, so I don't, I don't love Dobbins as my number one running back, but I love the build. You know, so I have three of my top 18 wide receivers, including the, the number one overall player. I have the number one quarterback. And now I'm, my, my approach is, okay, now I'm just throwing a lot of capital at the running back position. So it's not the greatest group. But there's a lot of upside. So Kamara was my second running back. But then I have Jalen Warren, who I like. I have Zach Charbonnet. I have um, Tank Bigsby. I don't know. It's, it's a bunch but that's, of that's you know, not hero RB though, right? I mean, that's um, no. It's it's more of like a modified hero zero RB. You know, so it's it's not the best place to live. But again, it's what's the build? The build in a PPR league for me was it's a two receiver flex league. I love my receivers. I love my quarterback. I love one of my running backs. And I'll just sort of piecemeal the rest of it together. Okay. But hero RB would be a running back in the first or second round typically. And then I think at this point you can say first three rounds. Well, I guess so. Right. Because, well, I wouldn't say so necessarily. Right. We should talk about that because right. Like the, the theory is you could say hero RB is the first three rounds this year, because in the third round, you can get the 10th running back off the board, which is typically a second round pick. However, maybe they're just not as good this year. So, Maybe there's a reason they're third round picks and not second round picks. So I don't know. How do you see that? Okay, what's but, your, what's but, your RB? Oh, I wanted to get Heath in there. Heath, what's your? No, RB? well, Heath, here, here let's ahead. play it out. Heath, you like Tyree Kill? You go Tyree Kill round one. You go uh, Garrett Wilson round two, and then round three you're taking Ramondre Stevenson. I think still top twelve guy for you. So that's your first three picks. And then you come back in round four, and it's another wide receiver. Debo Samuel's still sitting there. You know, you take Debo. Round five, you come back and TJ Hawkinson fell. Hawkinson's now your tight end. Do you like that build? I think it's okay. I, I think I probably avoid this more than usual just because I do like Sanders and Madison so much more than where they're going. And so if I get to round five and Hawkinson and Sanders there, I'm, I'm taking Sanders over him. Um, but I do like. I don't know if it's really worth it to get into what the, is the definition of if it's hero RB or not. But I think the idea is like in the first three rounds, you can still get a workhorse 300 plus touch running back. At least that's what we're projecting and anchor that guy in your running back spot and then just find the other one. Okay. Look, if you could look at, look at ADP from rounds four through eight, you should be able to find a bunch of running backs you like. You've heard Miles Sanders and Alexander Madison from Heath. You've heard J.K. Dobbins and J.K. Dobbins from Jamie now and James <laughs> Cook and all these other guys. I mean, there are so many that we like in this range. But when we did the running back preview, we spoke a lot about James Conner being part of the strategy. Now, with Colt McCoy getting cut and Kyler starting on pup, do we f- still feel that way about Conner? Yeah. Yes and no. I don't want to target James Conner, but I'm not afraid to settle for him here. Okay. All right. So what's the best value at running back, Heath? I already told you it's Miles Sanders at pick 57. Jamie, what's the best value at running back? Uh, The best value at running back. 
for me, it's Jalen Warren. Okay. And not in the podcast league draft because that was another one that I reached for, according to Heath. Um, I, what did you? What are you doing that for? Well, that's as you said. You I, did, I mean, for. you took him like forty spots ahead of his ADP. His ADP is low. I mean, his ADP is influenced by early drafts, right? He's obviously gonna. Let me see what his ADP is before I. And I do think like we've. I've got him ranked around nine, ten range. I think Dave and Jamie and I have all settled on. We're fine with taking him in round nine. But that's still right around pick 100. And I took him. I would assume at pick 85. Yeah. Let's, I hope. That, that's, I, I'm, yes, I'm probably 85th. a little closer to that, though, than, than pick 100. 85th, I took him because, again, like when you draft first and you got to wait two full rounds, for me, 28 picks, you know, you're not getting them. So get your guy. All right, let's take a break here. Oh, no, wait, sorry. One sleeper, one breakout, one bust. Uh, Jamie, sleeper, breakout, bust, a running back? Uh, let's go Roshan Johnson as the sleeper. The breakout will be J.K. Dobbins, and the bust will be Brees Hall. I've got Zach Charbonnet, Alexander Madison, and Najee Harris. Okay, we will be right back with wide receivers and tight ends on Fantasy Football today. Position preview review, updating what we said three-ish weeks ago. Um, here's what ADP says about wide receivers. A wide receiver is the number one overall player in ADP. That's obviously Justin Jefferson. That's the first time since 2016. And about 11 to 12 wide receivers could go in the first round. The first two rounds. Can't go in the first round. About 11 to 12 in the first two rounds. Jalen Waddle might fall to the third round in CBS ADP. Um, but I think very important, about 24 wide receivers are off the board by the 60th pick. And guys like Chris Godwin, Drake London, Tyler Lockett, Brandon Ayuk, Christian Kirk, now Jerry Judy, the Steelers wide receivers, they're actually all available in most leagues after uh, the sixth, after the fifth round. So round six or later. Uh, it's pretty good. You know, it's pretty good. It's weird to feel so optimistic about both running back and wide receiver in the middle rounds. I mean, like, am I just going to be completely wrong about this? But to me, it feels like. Feels like there are a lot of good players. Well, but there are not a lot of tight ends that we want to like. We we like the great or late strategy. There's not a lot of tight ends that we want to draft in that range. Um, there's not for me a lot of quarterbacks that I generally end up drafting in that range. Right. And so it should be a lot of. Right? Those are the only two positions left. We're not taking defenses and kickers there. Right. Um, and I I do think that like you mentioned some of them, but there's just a. Just like running back, it's not going to be the same guys for all of us because if it was, they wouldn't be outside the top 24 wide receivers. But there is somebody, and there's probably multiple somebodies, that we all like a lot more than where they're being drafted that we can find in that wide receiver 24 to 36 range. Uh, my big question about the, this position, Jamie, is how important is it to draft a wide receiver in the first two rounds? I think it's very important in PPR. You know, when you're looking at what these guys have the potential to do and you know, just the, the type of players that we're talking about here. I mean, think about these, these, these young receivers, you know, third year, second year type of guys, fourth year type of guys, you know, CD lamb has established himself already. You know, Amara St. Brown has established himself already should get better. Even in his third season, Garrett Wilson and, and Chris Olave, which are basically becoming round two picks um, in terms of Olave pushing himself there. Um, Jalen Waddle third year, you know I mean? These guys are, are great. So once you get past, I think the five guys that are going to go in the first round, um, with Diggs being the fifth after Cup and, and Hill, that that group in round two, and you know you still put Devonta Adams there. As much as I'm down on him, I think he still belongs there. You know, a guy that can get you close to 15 plus PPR points. I don't think he gets 19, which is why he's he's downgraded. But um, to get 
15 points per game or more, it's hard to overlook that because again, we, we're, we're seeing these running backs and the questions uh, they're, they're, they're safer. And, and again, very similar, if not more upside. All right, Heath, you feel it's very important to get a wide receiver in the first two rounds. It's more important in full PPR than it is in half PPR for sure. Um, like I said, I, if, if I'm picking early, I don't necessarily feel like I have to do it because there are three or four good wide receivers there in round three that I'm fine with as my number one. If I've got a couple of studs or a QB and a stud running back at the start. Okay. If you go running back, running back, you got to feel pretty comfortable, especially if you do it at the back end of round one with a Debo Samuel, a Christian Watson, a some people will still put DK Metcalf there, you know, as maybe your number one receiver. How important is it to have at least one second year receiver, not including Garrett Wilson? Um, maybe not even including Chris Olave. Like you just some you don't really have a ton of control over that, maybe. But starting with Christian Watson, Jahan Dotson, George Pickens, Traylon Burks. Am I forgetting someone? I have to Drake London. Drake London, thank you. With those five guys, how important is it for you to have at least one of them? Or okay, at least one of them if you didn't get Wilson or Olave. I wouldn't go out of my way to say I have to have a second year wide receiver, but you know, it, it's 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 relatively easy especially if you know you're like us where we like Jahan Dotson. Um, I know like Dave is, is, is very excited about George Pickens. I'm not far behind in my enthusiasm for him, but I don't know if, if we have them ranked in the same spot um, that you can take them maybe a little bit earlier. You know? So if you are sort of, okay, I want to have that type of player, you, know, you, can, you can be aggressive with it. And, and Heath alluded to this, I think, on the, on the show um, that we did on Tuesday on, on Sports Network, how where Jahan Dotson was going versus where he's being drafted now in our drafts you know, right. so like you, you can be you can be aggressive with it, you know, so you can say, OK, if I want to have maybe the best receiver for the for the commanders or the, um, you know, the ability to get somebody like uh, like Pickens, who you know I know Dave says is the best receiver for the Steelers. You know, you can just OK, I'm going to not even look at ADP and I'm just going to take them because that's the guy I want. But the, the guys that are going later, if you're just talking second year receivers that still have, I think, upside just a little bit capped Sky Moore, you know, he's a chance to be the best Chiefs receiver and Traylon Burks you know, who could, I think, really surprise a lot of people, especially now that he's healthy again. Heath, at what point do you feel like we run out of starting wide receivers? I draft this guy. All right, I'd really like to put him on my bench. I don't want him to be a starting receiver for me. Well, how many wide receivers are you allowed to start? Like, if you're if in a two-wide receiver league, it's actually, there's probably, like, 30 that I'm okay with. And then if you're talking about guys as your number three wide receiver, then it's a little bit messed up because I have some guys like JSN who and Jerry Judy who I don't want to start ranked higher than guys like Cortland Sutton who I'd be okay starting week one at, yeah. with what we know right now. Right. But it's it's some it's somewhere around 37 um in terms of guys i'm okay starting in a three wide receiver league and it's about 30 guys i'm start okay starting in a two wide receiver league yeah I'm but they're also guys... not going to be drafted in the same order that i would prefer to take them so that's not necessarily indicative either i'm looking at guys that are going around pick 100 and i'm wondering if if you feel like okay in a pinch if we really punted at wide receiver we loaded up everywhere else sure they can be starters for me but i'd rather brandon cooks Odell Beckham, Michael Thomas, Juju Smith-Schuster be bench receivers for me and just see what's the bi-week replacements. 
The only one I disagree with there is Michael Thomas. Like if I draft him, I'm starting him and just starting him until he's not playing. Jamie, your thoughts? What about like JSN and Jordan Addison? JSN's different. He's injured. What about Marquise Brown at this point? Jordan Addison? Actually, JSN practiced yesterday, so I don't know how injured he is. Okay. Um, look, I think whenever you're drafting these unproven guys, you know, and, and I know it's later than, than the, the range you're talking about, but I'll throw, you know, Romeo Dobbs, Nico Collins, those type of players into this conversation also, that you should be doing it with the idea of hopefully by week three or week four, wow, I got something here. You know, and 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 like he said, you know, there's there's a difference between who's gonna be in my lineup early in the season versus where I'm drafting him. Because like you can draft Juju Smith Schuster as your third receiver and be fine with it, but wait on Jackson Smith and the Jigba. You should be taking Smith and the Jigba first. You know, so that type of approach. You know, yeah. so there there are guys that have safer floors, but the ceiling will will find out. But usually the guys with the ceiling you should be drafting first. What about a hero wide receiver build where we take um Tyreek Hill or whatever in round one, or maybe we take Amonra St. Brown early in round two, and we skip the position for a while, and then let's say we go to round six. And in round six we take Chris Godwin. And then in round seven, we take Brandon Ayuk. Or we have some combination of Christian Kirk, Chris Godwin, Brandon Ayuk, Jerry Judy, and then you can take Sutton a little bit later if you want. Tyler Lockett's in that range. Um, Deontay Johnson and George Pickens, Michael Pittman, uh, Marquise Brown. Are there enough names there where if I get two of those, and I have to start all of them, if I get two of those, you know, my hero wide receiver build is okay, Heath? Yep, perfectly fine. Let me let me ask you this because this is an auction draft that we did yesterday, but it's a similar approach. So I'll I'll I'll, I'll change the quarterback just because let's just say that was that was the second round pick. So let's say it's half PPR. Let's say I started with Nick Chubb and I took Josh Allen in round two. And so the 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 lineup is Allen, Chubb, Pierce, Calvin Ridley, Deontay Johnson, Evan Ingram. And the two flexes, let's say, are Chris Godwin and Tyler Lockett. It's not my favorite. I think Evan Ingram was too either, expensive. But, huh? <laughs> I think Evan Ingram was too expensive. Evan Ingram was too expensive. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I had $11 left and no tight end, so Evan Ingram went for $11. Um, <laughs> well, listen, uh, I mean, that's a better PPR lineup. Half PPR, it's not ideal. Well, I didn't tell you the whole the whole roster, but I was just trying right. to – like I have Rashad White, I have Cam Akers, I have – Okay. Um, you know, other, other Brian Robinson, I have a lot of running back capital, but um, the quarterback is not the quarterback, but I'm, I'm just trying to give it from a draft perspective because you wouldn't draft the team this way. But Calvin Ridley being that, that it, I know you're going a little bit higher from right. a hero RB hero wide receiver standpoint. Right. So you're taking a guy in the first two rounds, but I think, you know, when you're talking top 15 wide receivers, that's the type of approach I think you look at. So, you know, you go running back receiver, running back, running back, quarterback, tight end, you know, that type of build. It's a similar type of approach. I, I did this in a recent one of our recent drafts, and so now I can't remember which one it was. Um, so sorry, that would have been or, or one we're playing out. No, it was a, it was a real one, but I can't find it. Great, cool. well that that helps. Um, yeah. <laughs> who's the best value at wide receiver, Heath? Um, I'm going to say Jahan Dotson, just because when I, I tweeted out the thing that Jamie referenced that I said on CBS Sports Network, and I immediately got a bunch of responses. I just got him at 80 last night. I just got him at 85 last night. You look wow. at our ADP, he's still at 86. So it like we are comfortable taking him in round five. He's gone in round five in two of our drafts. He shows an ADP 
be in the round seven, round eight range. I wouldn't feel comfortable, even if I was in a league without any analysts, letting him fall past round six at this point. But I still think that's a really good value. Okay. Looking at NFC in the last week, NFC ADP, Jahan Dotson is wide receiver 33. He's going after Pickens, after Lockett, and just before Pittman and Evans. I, I'm in a father-son league set up by Scott Fish, and um, I've been trying not to influence my son's picks. And I was really angry at him last night because he took George Pickens over Jahan Dotson. <laughs> and you, you know exactly why it was, because he's not paying attention to a lot of stuff. He sees highlight reel catches on TikTok or Twitter or wherever, and that's the guy he wants to draft. I think, you know, I was going to say he was, he was probably looking at Dave's rankings because for <laughs> long before McLaurin got hurt, I know Dave had Pickens over Dotson. Uh, Jamie, who's the best value at wide receiver? I keep going back to Zay Flowers, you know, just with the uh, potential of being the number one guy in what I, I'm expecting to be a very explosive passing game, you know, or at least the more explosive passing game than we've seen for the Ravens in a, in, in a long time and, and certainly in the uh, Lamar Jackson era. So, yeah, I... I to get him, I mean, you could make the same case for Rashad Bateman. He may be the number one guy there, you know. So those two guys will go very relatively late. Flowers not as late as, as Bateman goes, but they're just great values. All right, sleeper breakout bust, Heath. Yes, I will go with Gabe Davis. His pick one hundred and one right now in CBS ADP, so he's my sleeper. Garrett Wilson, like we should not just gloss over him too much. We talked about him for four months, but then the last month, we've like everybody knows uh, he could be a top five wide receiver this year. And then George Pickens is my bust. He is going higher than Jahan Dotson in CBS ADP, and I think he's one of the biggest risers in the last week as well. Jamie, sleeper breakout bust. I will go with sleeper of. Let's say Nico Collins still. Breakout will be Christian Watson, and bust will be Debo Samuel. Okay, again, Debo back-to-back bust seasons. Uh, This is what ADP says about tight end. Travis Kelsey in round one. Mark Andrews in round three. And then this is another reason why running backs and wide receivers look so good based on average draft position in the rounds five, six, seven. Uh, One, there there are not a lot of quarterbacks going there, as Heath already mentioned. But two... George Kittle, TJ Hawkinson, Darren Waller, they're going around four or five in ADP. Dallas Goddard and Kyle Pitts are in early round six, maybe sneaking into round five. So that's your top seven. Kelsey in round one, Mark Andrews in round three, Hawkinson, Kittle, Waller in round four or five, Goddard and Kyle Pitts in early round six, maybe even late round five. Uh, So the big question, Heath, if we say greater late, which we've talked about a lot, why should I even bother taking a tight end in round five or six? I don't. I think that's an excellent question. I think a lot of times we don't. And I think if you had avoid, avoided round five or six tight ends over the last 10 years, you would mostly be happy with the decisions that you have made. Same question to you, Jamie. Why should I even bother taking a tight end around five or six? Or I guess even four at this point, because that's where Kittle, Hawkinson, and Waller are going in a lot of leagues. There's only really three guys that I look for in this range at this point. You know, Goddard, I kind of wait to see if he falls into round seven. Same thing with Kittle. But man, if Kyle Pitts hits, you're going to be so upset that you passed on that type of player and what he could be. And, I, you know, I, I think Waller's the best of this bunch. So uh, he's somebody that I'll take. And then I, I settle for Hawkinson. And when I say that, it just means he falls to a good spot. So that's typically somewhere in the round five, round six range because people see the little red tag next to him on our site. But I think Jamie, that's why he's falling. When, when would you take Waller? I would take Waller around five. I wouldn't reach before round five. Okay. All right. Go on. You want to, well, I'm saying like Waller round five, Hawkinson round five, yeah. Pitts round six. What about um right? We're higher on Pitts and lower on Kittle than ADP. Uh, 
What about after that? All right, I missed on the top seven, Jamie. What what do I do? I typically look for the best value. So Fryermuth is my next ranked tight end. He's my eighth ranked tight end. So if I find him at a good enough spot, which is typically closer to round ten, then I'll pull the trigger there. Um, same thing with Njoku in a similar range. Um, I typically avoid Evan Ingram, which is why I was so frustrated that I had to spend so much of my remaining salary cap budget on him. Um, and then I look for Kincaid. And then if I get to these point with these tight ends, I'm starting to try and get two. You know, so I, I've, I've said this a lot recently that if you don't love your tight end, but you love your quarterback, don't take two quarterbacks. Take two tight ends. If you don't love your tight end, if you love your tight end, don't love your quarterback. Take two of those. It's very difficult in a five or six man bench to carry two quarterbacks and two tight ends because you're just leaving yourself with little depth at more important spots. So um, when you also get to the end of the draft, you know, you kind of see, okay, I, I'm, a, I'm a Jake Ferguson guy. So if I know he's sitting there, I'm okay with let me get past week one. And if he has a good game, I'll try and, you know, overspend on him or I'll just make a move prior to week one. You know, that type of tight end is usually available. Luke Musgrave is typically going to be available on waivers, you know, so you don't have to necessarily reach for a second tight end knowing that you can get one of those two guys. Heath, your thoughts on, actually, let's not gloss over Kelsey and Andrews. When do you take them? Uh, Kelsey, I think is you could take him as early as pick five, depending on the format. I, I like him right around pick six, seven, eight range. Um, Andrews is definitely a round three pick. He's uh, he's moved up a couple spots in the last week because of other guys falling behind him. And I think you could take him as early as soon as that Devontae Smith, T. Higgins, um, maybe Calvin Ridley, if he's in that group for you, as soon as those guys are gone, I'm taking Mark Andrews. I would take him before any of the round three running backs. Okay. So who do you guys like Fryermuth, Ingram or, uh, Njoku? Oh, it's, it's, it's Fryermuth for me. And I will tell you like a funny story from that, from that auction. I was so mad at Jamie because like 10 minutes before the Evan Ingram thing, I put an dollar bid on, on Muth. And I meant to bid two, and Jamie immediately bid two. And so then I had to spend three on Muth because I didn't want to to miss out on him. And so I was so angry I had to spend three dollars on Pat Fryermuth in a hundred dollar budget auction. But I ended up feeling okay about it at the end. Um, <laughs> it's better than but, the Ingram value. But but I I like it is, and and maybe we'll be wrong. But I I don't have Ingram particularly close to the other two. I, I strongly prefer both Fryermuth and Njoku to Ingram. So you've come down on Njoku a little bit. I might be a maybe if I have it hasn't been a conscious choice. It's been because other guys have gotten moved, but he's he's right behind he's right behind Virus, I think. And you had those guys over Waller because I think you had Najoko over Waller at one point. I did. I, I had moved Waller up a little bit at the tight end eight, just to not be too far. I mean, I'm never getting him there anyway. But uh, I, I was moved a little bit by the Giants throwing it to him 400 times in training camp <laughs> and on one drive in the preseason. Um, all right, so. Kincaid, Jamie, do you take Kincaid ahead of any of that group of uh, Fryermuth, Njoku, Ingram? I have not yet. He's right behind Ingram for me. So Ingram is tight end 10, 10 and uh, Kincaid is tight end 11. So I'm very tempted. But we, again, you gotta you got to worry about the history of rookie tight ends. You know, it's just... Yeah. We, we can get ex- as excited as we want to about Kincaid and Laporta, and there's so much upside for both those guys. You know, and, he, and even Musgrave, and, you know, hopefully at some point, you know, Mayer as well for the for the Raiders. But I, I just think, like, there's got to be a little bit of risk, you know, involved. So I feel like I'm going to be – you asked us the other day, who do you feel like you're going to be wrong on? And Ingram feels like a guy I might be wrong on just because everything you hear out of Jacksonville was like, this, this, this offense, the schedule's amazing. 
the offense looks like it's going to be fantastic. Like I, there, there was somebody told me this off season, don't, don't be surprised if they average a touchdown better per game scoring wise. Okay. And that's not out of the realm of possibility because he, he, according to all reports, Trevor Lawrence, it's, it's, it's just natural right now. Like yeah, he was man. thinking too much at the beginning of the season. Like he's just step back, throw it's there. Ball's on the money right there. Okay. Um, and then let's do best value. Heath, best value at tight end. I didn't want to have the same answer as my sleeper, so I said Kyle Pitts at now pick 71, the end of round six. Hey, okay, Jamie? Jawan Johnson for me. He's a top 12 tight end. I, I, you know, I, I think this is uh, going to be a big-time player for the, for the Saints. One sleeper, one breakout, one bust. Heath? Tyler Higby at 139, and my favorite guy to draft, if you're drafting one of those rookies, put them with Higby. He gets Seattle in week one. Uh, Pat Fryermuth is the breakout, and I've got George Kittle as the bust. And Jamie? I will go Laporta as the sleeper, Kincaid as the breakout, and the bust is, I agree with Heath, George Kittle. Tyler Higby against Seattle. Wow. You know, it's, they were so bad against tight ends last year. So let's see what he did. Just curious. Nothing. He didn't get to play him with Matthew Stafford, I don't ah, think. Yeah, you're right. Two for 14 on five targets and four for 33 on seven targets. That was in week 18. All right. Uh, wow, did it. you see this? No, what? Uh, Stephen Holder of ESPN, who used to cover the Colts. Um, the mystery team that had discussions about Jonathan Taylor was? The Vikings. The Chiefs. The Packers. Wow. Wow, yeah. I was right. Huh. That's interesting. Okay. Um, well, maybe it was a fantasy football discussion. We'll never know. We are out. We will talk to you later today, 4 p.m. Eastern for the Draftathon. We'll see you there. YouTube.com slash fantasy football today. Have a good one.